Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, we speak with the Chief Medical Officer of the Ohio Department of Health. Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff discusses vaccine hesitancy, Delta variant spread, and the options that are on the table to keep another surge in check. Also this morning, don't look now, but just two weeks until Findlay City School students are back in class. The countdown is on. Superintendent Troy Roth shares what families need to know ahead of a new academic year. And happening around town, Flag City Balloon Fest is back for 2021. We get a preview of one of the biggest hot air balloon events in the Midwest happening this weekend at Emory Adams Park. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. The most important celebration today, the one that we definitely want to make sure that you are aware of today, uh, is that it is National Lazy Day. (laughs) Now that is a holiday we can all get behind. I mean, if we were, if we were really smart, I mean, if all of the national holidays, of all of the three-day weekends we get, National Lazy Day should be one of them. <laughs> and if you really think about it, if there's any any day we should not work, it would be a National Lazy Day. But today is, is that. On this uh, Tuesday, August 10th, the 222nd day of 2021, there are 143 days remaining in the year. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started here. Be careful on your way to work. Uh, You're likely to run into more people who are exceeding the maximum allowed speed limit. Motorists started speeding during the height of the pandemic. Um, I mean, people have always, you know, speeding is one of the more common uh, traffic violations, obviously. But uh, more people are going faster since the height of the pandemic, and they have not slowed down. Data shows that the number of highway deaths in 2020 was the greatest in more than a decade, even though cars and trucks drove fewer miles over the course of the last year due to the pandemic. It's because people figured the roads weren't as crowded, so they uh, didn't need to obey the laws. And... uh, They were traveling faster. Traffic data indicates the uh, higher death toll was related to higher average speeds in conjunction with more of those uh, more of those on the roads driving under the influence and a uh, slight decline in seatbelt use. Authorities in multiple states say that even with the number of vehicles on the roads now increasing, the trend does not seem to be reversing itself. So we got used to flying down the highway, and even though there are more cars than there were, and that's not a good thing. If uh, last year traffic fatalities were at a a record high with lower numbers of cars on the road, you can only imagine what will happen in 2021. So be careful out there. This is kind of interesting. Um, As a result of the pandemic, handshakes may be endangered a kansas city area meeting and event planning business has started selling stickers kind of like a name tag so you go to a convention you've got those name tags hello my name is so now they have these stickers that say i shake hands and i guess conversely you would have stickers that say I don't shake hands. Well, no, I guess they do. They they have stickers for those who do shake hands, and then people who don't shake hands don't don't have a sticker. Anyway, this is the hot thing now. Uh, I shake hands at stickers to help ease awkward social encounters post pandemic. Do you shake hands? Do you fist bump? Do you uh, just wave politely? I don't. I don't know. Um, the uh, vice president of sales and operations at MTI events says the uh, the stickers that say I shake hands are not necessarily hot sellers, but companies that sell stickers discouraging hand handshakes are actually doing much better. So I don't know. Apparently, Dr. Fauci said uh, last year 
Maybe we should never shake hands again. I, I don't know if that's... Some people will be okay with that because I know there are some people who are just uncomfortable in social situations with the whole handshaking thing. So, I don't know, you may or may not think that's a big deal, but shaking, shaking hands, handshakes may be uh, endangered as a result of the pandemic. I'm interesting. Um, elsewhere, it's, oh, speaking of the uh, pandemic and the after effects thereof, the latest supply chain shortage. Have you heard about this? McDonald's is now facing a shortage of paper bags and drinking straws. The company has warned workers that they are facing a shortage of paper to-go bags and drinking straws. The fast food chain urged restaurant owners to limit orders from suppliers because orders are already surpassing last year's numbers, which were already high due to the increase in takeout orders because of the pandemic. When people had to order stuff to go, there was a big spike in the number of paper bags that uh, restaurants went through. And now they are in short supply. The company insists the customers should not see a disruption in service. But here's the thing. If you have ever done this, ordered it to go, uh, ordered your meal in a to go bag, even though you were eating in the restaurant, forget about it. Ain't going to happen. They're going to serve you up on a tray. And that's just something you'll have to live with. <laughs> so a paper bag and straw shortage. Whatever will we do? The uh, pandemic, this should come as no surprise. The pandemic increased depression and anxiety in children. A new study on kids' mental health during the pandemic shows just how significant the toll has been on our young'uns. We were talking about this yesterday, Mental Health Monday, avoiding a relapse of the mental health effects of the pandemic as we get into this latest surge here research published in the journal of the american medical association pediatrics shows that one in four youth globally are grappling with clinically elevated symptoms of depression and one in five have increased signs of anxiety those are staggering numbers which suggest that depression and anxiety have doubled among children from the more than 29 countries included in the study. The analysis suggests that older adolescents and girls have experienced the highest rates of depression and anxiety during COVID-19. Kind of interesting. And uh, this isn't pandemic related necessarily, but on a similar note, I thought this was interesting and moms take note. Scientists have found that the amount of sleep that new mothers miss out on can age them up to seven years. Experts took DNA samples to study and work out the biological age of new moms and discovered that those who slept fewer than seven hours per night, and if you're a new mom, you know you aren't sleeping seven hours a night. You're getting a lot less sleep than that. But those who slept uh, fewer than seven hours per night were on average three to seven years older biologically than their uh, chronological age. Sleepless nights also made new moms more susceptible to cardiac problems and even cancer. Well, that is not good, but that's again, uh, I saw that and I, I would imagine be a lot of new moms that say, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> They're probably saying, well, duh. <laughs> I could have told you that. I didn't need, I didn't need a research study. I was just seven years uh, just in being a new mom. And uh, how about this? Back to the pandemic for this story. This one will make you chuckle as we get your uh, Tuesday morning started here. This will make you chuckle. Despite a surge of New COVID cases in Missouri. One taxi company is not picking up passengers 
who wear masks or have received a vaccine. Now, let me repeat that because you would think it would be the other way around. This company would not be transporting anyone who wasn't vaccinated or anyone who wasn't wearing a mask. But no, it's the exact opposite. Charlie Burlington or Bullington. I'm sorry. Charlie Bullington of Yo Transportation. He's the owner. He says, quote, we do not allow any type of mask in our vehicles. And we do not wish to have people in our vehicle that did the vaccines. (laughs) So unvaccinated, unmasked passengers only. According to local news reports there, and I'm not sure exactly where this is in in Missouri, but uh, customers... Uh, Reviews on Yelp and Google have complained about the anti-mask, anti-vax rule, but Charlie is not deterred. (laughs) While while other companies um, are restricting access to their products and services and limiting access to only those who are vaccinated or are wearing masks, he is (laughs) going against type. And saying we are only picking up those who are unmasked and unvaccinated. Okay, then I guess if you know everybody's got to have a niche <laughs> there uh, in their business, I guess. If nothing else, he's getting a lot of publicity. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. This is ONN. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. In yesterday's updated numbers from the state health department, 1,269 new cases of COVID-19 and 55 new hospitalizations were reported in Ohio. There are now 1,046 people in Ohio hospitals with the virus. That's up from 715 a week ago. If you've received a dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is it safe to get another shot if you feel one dose isn't enough? Kevin Landers with ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus spoke with Ohio Health immunologist Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. The J&J vaccine is effective against preventing hospitalization and death, but people looking to boost their immune systems are now gaming the vaccination network by mixing their J&J shot with another vaccine. Statistically speaking, it's probably safe, but I can't say definitively. I've not seen any data that says that it's not safe to do. But again, we want to follow the official recommendations from the FDA and the CDC. Dr. Gastaldo says pharmacists are prevented from giving people the booster shot now. He says what people need to understand is that getting vaccinated is safer than being unvaccinated. I'm Kevin Landers. The body of a teenage swimmer who went missing in Lake Erie last week has been found. A boater found the 16-year-old boy Sunday evening at Headlands Beach State Park, according to the Lake County Sheriff's Office. He'd been swimming with friends at the beach when he went underwater Friday afternoon. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Well, stop me if you've heard this before. Once again, cases of COVID-19 are on the rise in every state, including Ohio, being driven by the Delta variant this time around. And once again, health officials are concerned that a rapid spread may result in more cases than the healthcare system can handle. Joining us this morning is Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, Chief Medical Officer for the Ohio Department of Health. And Dr. Vanderhoff, to this point, we have been relatively fortunate not to have been as hard hit with the Delta variant as some other states, but do you believe that it is a case of when, not if, we will see the same kinds of numbers in Ohio? Well, I think that if we look at what we've seen over the course of the last week or two, we do see uh, steady increases that are occurring, uh, not only in the case numbers uh, in Ohio, uh, but even in hospitalization. So we know that uh, uh, the Delta is here. Delta is causing nearly all of the cases that are happening in Ohio, uh, and it is having a real impact on both the number of people who are getting infected, as well as the number of folks who are uh, ending up really sick and ending up, uh, for example, in the hospital. One other thing I'd add to that is that it's also clear that uh, those who are getting very sick with covid Uh, are uh, nearly all people who are unvaccinated, very, very um, 
few mm-hmm. people who are uh, vaccinated are ending up very, very sick. That's uh, the uh, the uh, catchphrase, I guess, for lack of a better term, that we have heard over the past uh, several weeks. This, this has become a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And obviously, that is the difference in the narrative today as compared to a year ago, is that we now have a vaccine that didn't exist before. The challenge is getting more people to take it. Absolutely. And we've said this before as well. There really are two Ohios right now. When we look at the data, there's the Ohio that is vaccinated and protected on the one hand. And then there's the Ohio that's unvaccinated and just waiting to get Delta variant COVID-19 on the other. And what we're making a push for is to get as many Ohioans to move themselves into that category of vaccinated and protected as possible because, you know, obviously we don't want to see any unnecessary sickness, illness, and suffering uh, in the state, particularly when now this is really becoming a vaccine-preventable illness. So what is driving this uh, vaccine hesitancy? I mean, some have theorized the fact that these vaccines have yet to have uh, received full approval from the FDA as uh, as the main reason. But is it realistic to think that we're going to magically see the vaccination rate spike when the FDA gives full approval? Because that may be within the next month or so. You know, in speaking to medical experts and some who actually sit on the FDA advisory committee, it's clear that medically we've got a vast array of really good data about these vaccines. There's very little question, I think, in the minds of the medical community that uh, these uh, vaccines will, on the medical merits, receive that final full approval. Really, the, the work that's going on, I think, has more to do with manufacturing uh, processes um, that are part of that final approval. Um, but, you know, to the larger question of what's causing hesitancy, it's a variety of factors. Um, you know, one is that uh, these vaccines are still relatively new. And anytime there's a new medication, a new vaccine, uh, you know, people ha- have questions. They, they uh, want to know more. And so part of what we're trying to do is get as much information into people's hands as possible, especially the information that says, look, um, these vaccines are not only safe, they have been used, they have been administered to uh, millions and millions and millions of Americans, as well as your fellow Ohioans. And uh, they are doing a great job of providing not only protection, but doing that very, very safely. The other thing that we're helping people to understand is that there's no protection um, quite as good as getting vaccinated. It's your best protection. There is another argument that I have uh, heard uh, increasingly, and I want to get your thoughts on this, that, that people have been given all the facts. If they choose to ignore those facts at this point or believe disinformation that has surrounded the vaccine, there's really not a whole lot more that you can do in this point. It's kind of like tobacco use. You, you know the risks at this point. You're going to kind of make your own bed, as it were. Well, you know, to those who are still on the fence, trying to decide, is this something that they can do? Um, there, are, there are a couple of points that I'd really like them to understand. The Delta variant is a different uh, form of virus. It is an entirely different situation because it spreads like wildfire. And it really does, almost like a laser beam, seek out anyone who's unvaccinated. But the vaccines remain not only the key to putting this wildfire out, getting it under control, but they clearly are your best bet, regardless of what your age is, to avoid getting really sick with Delta and to avoid long-lasting complications even if you don't end up in the hospital, like long COVID. I think people forget that, you know, that long COVID is, is a reality and uh, impact, uh, impacts a lot of people. So for anybody who's really still on the fence trying to make a decision, remember this. This virus especially the Delta version of it, is not just another cold. This is a bad virus. 
that can cause otherwise healthy children to end up in the hospital with something called multi-system inflammatory disease. It can, um, it's landed tens of thousands of your fellow Ohioans in the hospital. And sadly, um, it has, over the course of the pandemic, killed more than 20,000 Ohio, Ohioans. And yet, nearly all of that suffering could have been avoided by just being vaccinated. You mentioned the fact that this uh, Delta variant is impacting children in much greater numbers than we saw earlier in the pandemic. And with respect to that, the timing of this latest outbreak so close to the start of another school year has become part of the discussion as well. And yet again, many schools, most schools are not mandating masks and are in some cases easing up on some of the other protocols that were in place last school year, given that we have seen a much greater incidence in the number of children contracting the Delta variant, what is your advice to parents and to the state's educators? Well, this virus does not respect age. And we have to remember that those less than 12 years old right now don't have the option to get vaccinated. So my message to would be, look, we've got to take this very, very seriously. If you have a uh, child in school who's of an age where they're eligible for vaccination, please get your child vaccinated before the school year starts. However, if your child is less than 12 and not eligible, your best bet is to be in a school setting where people are following the safe, layered uh, approaches that worked so well for us last school year. And that included masking, distancing, being mindful of ventilation, good hand hygiene. That combination, especially including the masking, was very, very effective for us last school year. We saw uh, essentially no significant transmission in our schools between students because of the use of those layered uh, safety measures that included masking. And as we're looking at beginning a new school year, especially with a population of children who can't be vaccinated, mm -hmm. uh, it, to me, it would just make good sense to uh, have the children and the staff masked um, uh, in, in those school settings. I want to ask about this, and at the risk of, of wading into the politics uh, of all of this, which I, I, I don't want to do, but at the same time, as we both know, uh, this has become a highly politicized issue. The other substantial difference, we talk about the, uh, the main difference between now and a year ago is that we have the vaccine. The other substantial difference today versus a year ago is that the state legislature has placed more restrictions on the kind of mandates that health officials can enact and the length of time those mandates could be in effect. Are you concerned that that make it, may make it more difficult to keep this spread in check? Well, you know, we are in a different place today than we were a year ago in that we not only have these vaccines, but the vaccines for those 12 and older have now been available for quite some time. The vaccines are readily available to anyone over the age of 12 who wants to receive them. Uh, so, you know, at this stage of the game, I, I think that there's a very important role that all of us have uh, in, in terms of our personal responsibility and our responsibility to our friends, family, and community. Like so much in life, um, we have to think about COVID-19 in terms of balancing risks. Now, the vaccine, as I've said repeatedly, is your best protection against COVID-19, um, but I would say that, you know, even if you're vaccinated, there are times where you might want to layer your protection and include a mask. Uh, we do this sort of thing all the time. If you're outside and it's sunny, you very likely will think about putting on sunscreen. But you might want to layer that with things like hat and sunglasses. Um, it, it's not unlike that with COVID. Um, the responsibility um, for thinking about, okay, do I get vaccinated? Do I put on a mask? All the responsibility for that really rests with each and every Ohioan. Um, as we think about what's happening and, you know, what's the risk benefit scenario here? And as a doctor, what I'm saying to people is 
it, there's no question in my mind, the benefits of vaccination far outweigh any of the risks. Again, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff is Chief Medical Officer for the Ohio Department of Health. Dr. Vanderhoff, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Check your calendar here. Hard to believe just two weeks until Findlay City School students are back in class. We are joined on the line this morning by Superintendent Troy Roth. Uh, talk about what uh, families need to know as the countdown is on to a new academic year. And uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Roth, it has got to be a uh, good thing uh, to be starting the year more in a, a normal sort of way as opposed to last year where nothing was normal. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Yeah, uh, students are coming back August 24th. Uh, I'm not so sure, you know, anything is normal yet at this point. Uh, <laughs> as you know, we're still dealing with, with COVID throughout the country and throughout Hancock County. So right. uh, I wouldn't say it's a normal start to the school year, but it is an exciting time as is any year that uh, we get this close to the start of the school. We're excited to get kids back into our buildings. So with respect to that, uh, the uh, protocols that have been previously announced is that uh, masks will be optional but recommended for uh, students and staff. Is that still the case? That is correct. Uh, as you know, last year we were mandated to having mask policy. Uh, that m policy expired and was not uh, renewed for this school year. We are asking uh, parents and staff and students if uh, they feel that necessary for them to wear a mask. That is definitely their option and they will be free to do so. Uh, but at this point, it is just a recommendation that uh, it's going to be parent choice. Key words in that phrase, at this point, does that mean that you are prepared to change that policy if conditions change? Well, yes, uh, you know, as in anything uh, with COVID, it's a fluid situation, and, and you know, we, we plan to, you know, plan, adjust, you know, check and adjust uh, throughout the year. Uh, so, you know, we continue to, to work with uh, Hancock Public Health and, and, you know, monitor the situation, monitor numbers throughout the county, throughout the district. Uh, I think we always have to be flexible and willing to adjust. But uh, as of today, you know, moving forward, I anticipate and we, we will start the year with masks being optional. Are there any other protocols or things that, that people should be aware of uh, with respect to the new school year as it relates to where we are with the COVID pandemic? Well, I just say we want to, you know, keep some things in place. You know, we'll have the hand sanitizer available for students throughout our buildings. We'll have mm -hmm. masks available if students choose to or forget a mask and they mm -hmm. want to wear a mask. You know, just practicing proper cough and sneeze etiquette. And, you right. know, the main thing is staying home when sick. Um, so, you know, we'll continue to practice those things that we instituted last year. You know, that is, is something that uh, educators have long said, hey, if your kids are sick, don't send them to school because, you know, that could uh, be a petri dish of, you know, spreading anything from the common cold uh, to COVID-19. But obviously in this era, that becomes uh, even more critical. Absolutely. And we encourage, uh, you know, parents to do a self-check at home. And if, if your child's not feeling well, running a fever has any symptoms, encourage them to stay home. So it is a really a good point that uh, this is still not normal, quote unquote, normal yet, because we're still dealing with this. We still need to take it seriously, but obviously normal in the sense that students will actually be in class. And at this point, uh, I would imagine all of the the uh, class assignments, all of the building assignments for uh, students who will be new, uh, in new buildings this year, all of that has been completed, right? That is correct. Uh, as you mentioned, we do have some new building assignments with the, the closing of Lincoln Elementary and the shifting of our our preschool from the Washington building to Jacobs. Uh, we still have a little bit of work to get done on those buildings. And with the two new modular units we added at Bigelow Hill and Wilson Vance, but uh, we'll be ready for students on August 24th. And uh, with those uh, uh, assignment, class assignments, uh, class schedules for the older kids, those uh, sorts of things, if, if they don't have those yet, where can they uh, find uh, all of that information? Yeah, they can always reach out to the high school. Uh, all our principals and counselors are, are back in the offices here for several weeks now. So, you know, anybody who has questions specific to a schedule or to a building, I encourage them to reach out to that building. Um, are there uh, open houses and, and things like that to schedule? Have those already happened? Um, 
you know, what is the uh, the the schedule for like meet the teachers and those sorts of things? Are, are... Yeah, all, all the any anything that's been scheduled is available on our website. We okay. will be doing some open houses uh, for our new modulars and definitely for our preschool. Uh, yeah. Those dates have not been set yet. We kind of were hoping, you know, to get settled a little bit, make sure we're up and running for the start of school, and then we'll be announcing some open houses. Okay, so uh, watch the uh, website for more information uh, on that and uh, anything else uh, that that. Uh, parents and and families need to know in these final couple of weeks i know this is a a big time educators will always say you know this is the time when you want to start to transition your kids back to a more normal type of a routine so they're they're ready uh when the first day of school comes around yeah i I would just encourage parents to get their their students into a into a routine if they've been getting up at noon obviously they're not going to be able to do that anymore so you may want to start transitioning into more (laughs) of a school day schedule just so your kids are used to it uh, when we start here on August 24th. Uh, you know, we're excited to get kids back in person. Uh, we feel we deliver our best education when the kids are in front of us. So, uh, But we do have other options available for those who, who feel that they are not comfortable with uh, coming back to school full-time in person. We do have our Trojan Academy online option and our Trojan Academy blended learning for, for parents who may be interested in those options. And all the details on all our options are available at fcs.org. Speaking of which, and again, uh, circling back to where we started talking a little bit about the uh, impact of the pandemic, uh, are those uh, options available uh, throughout the year? In other words, uh, if a student starts in class and for whatever reason, a uh, family decides that they're uncomfortable with that and want to transition to a uh, remote learning model, can they do that? Uh, you have to make that decision at the beginning of the year and then stick with it, or can you transition? You, you can transition. A lot of it will depend on the numbers. Obviously, staffing, we have staffed you know, the, the online option for the numbers we anticipated, but uh, you know, each situation is unique, and, and we will work with parents and, and hopefully put their child in the best situation for that student and for that family. And uh, for the bulk of students, it is going to be in-person learning five days a week, correct? That is correct. So uh, back to uh, normal, because that was another thing, and it was kind of interesting as a bit of a sidebar, uh, during the uh, pandemic, there was some discussion of, you know, is this uh, remote learning model going to be incorporated into the regular uh, curriculum moving forward, maybe uh, one day a week or staggered schedules or that sort of thing? And at this point, that is not the case. Not not the case. Like I said, we do have an online option uh, mm-hmm. for those that are interested in a fully online option, but uh, we believe our teachers do an outstanding job, and uh, we believe the best place for students is in front of our staff and our teachers and to be in-person learning. And by the way, also want to mention this while we have a, a moment here, the uh, Welcome Center and the administration offices are uh, uh, moving, right? You've been uh, in the uh, process of uh, doing that uh, over the course of the summer as well. Yeah. Yes, we are in that process. The Welcome Center has been relocated, and that has relocated from our administrative offices on on Broad Ave and the Great Scott Building back to the Washington Building. Uh, We have not uh, transitioned our administrative offices just yet. Uh, That is further down the road. Uh, We will, you know, once we get school opened, we'll see where we're at and start making plans to transition our offices back to the Washington building. But the uh, Welcome Center has moved, so the benefit of uh, those who are new to the district to make note of that. And, of course, you've got uh, all of this information, uh, everything that parents need to know on your website, right? I hope so. Uh, we, we continually <laughs> update that on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, I would encourage parents to reach out to uh, any buildings if they have questions or to, to monitor the website uh, as often as possible. And we have that linked up at our webpage as well. Again, the countdown is on just two weeks until uh, students are back at uh, Findlay City Schools. Superintendent Troy Roth with us this morning. Mr. Roth, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. The Fort Findlay Playhouse, ready to turn on the footlights and raise the curtain once again. Their production of Life with Father opens day after tomorrow. And in case you missed it, last week, cast members Heather Hardy and Linda England joined us for a preview of that show. How exciting is it to be back up and running at the Playhouse? 
It is very exciting. Extremely exciting. <laughs> Especially after being gone over a year. Yeah, and you actually have a, a full season plan, so knock wood, uh, you are ready to, to go and uh, right out of the gate with Life with Father. Now, this is uh, maybe for some folks a familiar uh, production. It is a, a classic play. Tell us a little bit about it for those who are not familiar with the uh, story. Well, Life with Father is based on an autographical book called Life with Father by Clarence Day Jr., and it's set back in 19th century New York. Um, it's the longest-running show on Broadway with over 3,000 shows, and it was inspired and uh, brought about a movie in 1947 with William Powell, Irene Dunn, and Elizabeth Taylor, just to name a few. Um, a nice fact about it is one of the playwrights, Russell Krauss, was born right here in Finley, how and about that? Family. Yeah. So, see, you never know. There's always a tie I did somewhere. not know that. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So, it's just a fun-witted play about a father who's trying to run his household very sternly to the best of his capabilities. And his wife is a doting wife, a mother, and she just quite knows how to play him just ever so much to get things to bend to her will, you, only he doesn't know it. You know what's interesting so, about this is, you know, obviously it's kind of a period piece because uh, of the of the setting and, and uh, has the sensibilities of the day, but at the same time, a lot of this is still relatable to modern society. It is, and you take, doing this one, a lot of us, we're saying, oh, my goodness, how can they say that? How come he's so <laughs> acting like that? But when you step it up to our present day, you can kind of see it when you really look at it. And yeah. the, the basis of the whole thing is mother wants father to do this baptism. He refuses. But in the end, guess who wins? Mom, <laughs> of course. As, you know, as so. is usually the case uh, even in uh, modern day society. So there are definitely some <laughs> some parallels here uh, to, yes. uh, to all of this. Probably a lot of folks who are chomping at the bit to be a part of this production. They were. They really were. And everyone that tried out just kept saying how happy they were <laughs> to touch the stage and get up there and be back home, their second home of sorts. Yes, a few of us that just have just a little bit. We don't even, it's like, I don't care. I just want to walk on the street one time. Yes. Give me a part. Give me a little walk on part. I don't yes. care. Yes. Just get me back on stage yep. again. Give us all of the details on this show now. Your uh, opening. Well, opening night is August 12th. Tickets are already on sale. You can get them at fortfinleyplayhouse.org. Um, you can also phone the box office at 419 five two five three six three six or show up in person. Uh, we're at 300 West Sandusky Street in Finley. And, you know, one of the things that we uh, always talk about with the Playhouse Productions is this is a very intimate uh, theater. There are not a whole lot of seats, and usually that is a wonderful thing because it makes it a great place to uh, actually see a production and feel as though you are a yeah. part of it. But, yeah, yes, but exactly. It, but the, the fact that you've been uh, shuttered for a year, uh, not only are the actors uh, chomping at the bit to get back on stage, I would imagine uh, many of the patrons are chomping at the bit to see a production so probably best to get your tickets sooner rather than later don't wait on this yes we've had a lot of patrons come by and purchase the seasonal packages and they were just so excited saying we're so glad you're finally back we're so glad to be back in the theater oh my gosh we can't wait Again, part of our uh, conversation last week with uh, cast members Heather Hardy and Linda England, the Fort Findlay Playhouse production of Life with Father opens day after tomorrow at the Playhouse, and tickets are still available. We have the link up at our webpage, goodmornings.net. If you want to hear the full interview and uh, more of a preview of the upcoming season, check out the Good Mornings podcast edition from this past Tuesday, August 3rd. Uh, that is when we uh, first uh, spoke with the uh, those ladies about the uh, Fort Finley Playhouse season uh, that is uh, ready to uh, launch day after tomorrow. So good to see the Fort Finley Playhouse back up and running again. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. A flight from Newark International Airport in New Jersey 
to Greece, flight bound from Newark to Greece, was delayed on Sunday because a pigeon got loose in the plane. <laughs> in the plane, flight attendant Ariana Bloom posted a video to TikTok showing the bird strutting around the plane as airline workers tried to corral it. <laughs> Footage shows this is the non-glamorous side of uh, the airline industry. <laughs> you think of it as a glamorous career, jet-setting off to all of these exotic places. <laughs> you don't see them chasing the birds out of the plane. Uh, footage shows the uh, crew opening the airplane doors, looking under seats, and knocking on overhead compartments to try and chase out the bird. According to the social media post, the bird disappeared behind a row of seats at one point and never resurfaced. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what happened. Can you imagine the uh, announcement uh, on, the, uh, on the airport PA? Uh, flight number 197 to Greece is delayed. There is a pigeon in the plane. We'll be boarding shortly. <clears throat> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, got to have something out of Florida. Uh, 43-year-old Jana Lamont uh, took a tar car for a test drive the other day. What makes this uh, <laughs> unusual story is she never returned. <laughs> she took the uh, car for a test drive and just decided she would keep it, but didn't actually bring it back to buy it or anything. She just decided she would keep it. Unfortunately for her, she forgot that she had given her ID to the workers at the car dealership before taking the 2018 Honda Accord last Monday. Uh, Clearwater police recovered the car two days later and uh, placed Ms. Lamont under arrest. It sounded like such a perfect plan, too. It's <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of drivers, an unlicensed driver in Kansas City was so unfazed by a recent traffic accident that he just strolled away from the scene. According to witnesses, the man ran off the road, struck a pedestrian light pole, and then panicked, hitting the gas and crashing through a 7-Eleven. So he struck a light pole, then crashed into a convenience store. The clerk in the store suffered a broken leg. Another man was pinned by the car up against the counter. He's going to be okay, but still some scary moments. The driver allegedly got out of the car, took two beers out of the store's cooler, and then walked away. <laughs> Grab, grabbed a couple of beers. Well, you know, while I'm here, I guess you may as well do a little shopping. <clears throat> uh, this from uh, New York, the Big Apple, where 19-year-old Marcus Rosian may have set a record for the most ways to get into trouble in one 24-hour period. Actually, less than 24 hours. This was a one wild incident on saturday morning multiple police agencies and fire departments police agencies and fire departments got everybody involved had to be called in when uh, mr rosian allegedly crashed two vehicles stole a car broke into a home and repeatedly ran from the cops now that is a full day right there <laughs> i mean i don't know what you did on uh, saturday morning but it's hard to that's hard to top. That is a full day. Um, a, a car and a pickup truck were left fully engulfed in flames at one point. Mr. Rosian um, is also accused of uh, breaking through a cop car's plexiglass window and running away while in handcuffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that may be a new record for the most ways to get into trouble in one 24-hour, less than 24-hour period. That's that's pretty impressive right there. You got to be good to uh, get into that much trouble that quickly. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, some advice if you are considering a life of crime. Uh, don't get an easily recognizable tattoo on your face. That's not a good way to... Uh, get away with your, your crimes. Go incognito. A, 
like, for example, 28-year-old uh, Baron Collier was arrested by police in Lincoln, Nebraska, after smashing his way into several homes on Sunday in broad daylight, mind you. One couple told authorities they heard their back door open and walked into their living room to see Mr. Collier uh, with the uh, with the wife's purse in his hand. The suspect then fled with the purse in tow, while another neighbor says uh, they watched as he parked himself on their front steps and ransacked through the purse. The man's description was given to the police, and very soon they were able to capture Mr. Collier uh, by they identified him by the very uh, visible, very disting- uh, distinguishing tattoo. Uh, he has a star tattooed between his eyes and the word faith written in cursive above his right eyebrow. <laughs> word faith. Mm. Uh, Mr. Collier was then linked to several other break-ins, including a nearby liquor store who says he swiped 12 Southern Comfort Shooters. <laughs> he was arrested and again, identified by his very distinctive tattoo. A big black star between his eyes. That's distinctive. Um, he was arrested and is facing several charges, including two counts of trespassing, burglary, shoplifting, criminal mischief. The list goes on and on. Mr. Collier also linked to another robbery that took place last month. So <laughs> this, this guy is a, a winner all the way around. All undone because of his tattoo. Just a little bit of advice. Just a piece of advice if you're considering a life of crime. Don't do that. Uh, there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veteran Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN says thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and Good Mornings. And stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM, and at WFIN.com. Where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We were talking earlier about uh, masking and and, uh, all of that uh, preventative steps, this uh, resurgence of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Delta variant and uh, so on. As much as some Americans are strongly opposed to wearing face masks amid the pandemic, there are some who actually saw some benefit, liked some things about them, and plan to continue to use them in certain situations. A new survey from uh, the Shar School and Washington Post, more than 40% said that they plan to wear masks in crowded places even after the pandemic is over, including more than half of women. Just one-third of men, but more than half of women say they continue to wear masks, continue to mask up, even after the pandemic. And this crosses political lines, interestingly enough. Even among Republicans, more than half said that they plan to wear masks when they're sick after the pandemic. 80% of Democrats said that they would do so in the same situation. Poll also found another pandemic habit may stick. And this is uh, kind of interesting. It has nothing to do with uh, disease prevention or spreading of uh, of disease. And it's interesting with the uh, masks because it, you recall the uh, data came out and we had uh, virtually no flu season last year because the steps that we took to prevent spread of COVID-19 also uh, prevented the spread of the uh, flu. So there is some documented evidence of the benefits uh, uh, of this. But another uh, sidebar to this poll found another pandemic habit that may stick around <laughs> dressing more casually after a year of many people being able to work from home, even in their PJs, if they wanted to, uh, most folks said that they plan on wearing more comfortable clothing more often. <laughs> and that also included both Democrats and Republicans, by the way. 
<laughs> so uh, that is certainly you talk about uh, things that we can all agree on <laughs> in our jaded uh, politically divisive culture. Now we can all agree that we like dressing casually. <laughs> that that is something that we can agree on. The world's a nicer place in my beautiful balloon. Ah, uh, yes, it was canceled because of the pandemic last year, but Flag City Balloon Fest is back for 2021. The balloons will be flying this weekend out at Emory Adams Park, and Kelly Bibbler is uh, with us. Uh, preview of uh, Flag City Balloon Fest, which, by the way, is one of the largest such events in the Midwest. This has really grown to be a huge uh, annual event except for last year yeah <laughs> yeah that's the big asterisk behind everything yeah. i think except for 2021 but and yeah this is this is like what 15 this is a uh, an anniversary year isn't this it? is our 21st 21st yeah so last year. year would have been our 20th. 20th yeah so this is kind of 20 20 21 <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Olympics. It's right. 20, it's Tokyo 2020. 20, yeah. 2021. This is kind yeah. of the same same type of deal. So it's yes, the 20th yes. Balloon Fest. 21st yes. year. 20th yes. Uh, yes. Balloon yes. Fest. So a uh, big deal and a lot of balloons once oh, again yeah, this year. Absolutely. We have over 40 balloons that will be here wow. over the weekend. And like you said, this is one of the premier events. So um, pilots like this event. They like coming here and, and putting on the show for Well, what's not to community. like? I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah. Duh. you know we've talked about this uh, in the past this is actually i mean it's an exhibition but it's also a competition for a lot of these balloonists yeah they have um there's actually prizes that they'll give away to them they'll have certain things that they have to do they have to drop a a flag and uh, and hit a target yeah and and stuff like that yeah so the pilot skills uh, are put to the test uh, for all of this. That's that's, uh, part of it that the public really doesn't see, but it it is uh, one of the reasons why so many uh, balloonists come to this event. So when you see those balloons flying over like Saturday morning, chances are pretty good that they're also in a competition. Yeah, yeah. So uh, don't distract them. Right, right. But you know what (laughs) I learned something is? They can hear you. So like I used to sit on my well, deck and I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, hey, and they're like, yeah, we can hear you when you say hi to us. Yeah, that is actually cool. I hadn't thought about that, but it is very quiet. It's not like being in a jet plane. It's right. outside it, of the ti- times when they, you know, fire off the uh, the the flame. Yes, um, it's it's super peaceful and quiet. Yeah. Yes, it's one of the things that balloon enthusiasts love about this. Yes, uh, love about uh, what they do. So. Uh, Obviously, what uh, draws the crowds out are the sights of the balloons, and there are all kinds of special balloons that are coming this year. And- yeah, we have actually six special shapes coming this year. So we have um, Augie, he's a dragon. Um, we have Claude, he's a crab. <laughs> we have um, Yellowbird and Putty Tat. We have, um, trying to think, Carnival, which is like a three-faced kind of joker kind of Okay. Jester kind of thing. All right. Um, Space Cowboy. I think I lost one in there somewhere, but there's another <laughs> one too. I'm sure it'll come to me at 3 a.m. Yeah. But yeah. And they come from all over. They do. I mean, we have some that are coming from Las Vegas. Yeah. So, so not flying in. No. I, I would imagine <laughs> not be traveling floating in. By, yeah. yeah, through the road. Is, yeah, but, over the road. Yeah. But at the same uh, same time, no, it is, uh, it is really cool to have uh, balloonists from uh, all over. And a lot of things going on other than just the balloons. Yes. I mean, obviously, that's the draw, but, um, you know, we have about 35,000 people that'll come mm-hmm. that come to the event every huge year. Event. So it is. It's a huge event. And so we try to make sure we have something for everybody. It's a family-friendly event, and there's no admission. So thanks to our sponsors, we're able to continue to do that. So, But, yeah, we have lots of stuff going on. So give us kind of the rundown, some of the highlights of the things that will be happening this weekend. Uh, it's uh, actually Friday and Saturday are the the big days. Yes. The only thing on Sunday really is the the last balloon launch early in the morning yes, on Sunday. That's really it. Yeah, yeah, Friday and Saturday are the, the yeah. key days here. So what are yeah. some of the highlights of the schedule? Um, so we have a kids area that will have inflatables, petting zoo, um, pony rides. Inflatables that don't float away. Right. Yes. Inflatables <laughs> that we hope are on the yeah. ground. Yeah. Stuck in. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, we have um, bands 
there's five different bands that'll play throughout the weekend. So Electric Circus, Cherry Bombs, just a couple of the ones that'll be there between Friday and Saturday night. We have um, a beer tent. So take your kids to the <laughs> kids area, yeah. refresh and listen to some music. But um, one of our big things is our glow encounter. So that's at night at Emory Adams. They'll fire up the balloons that are sitting out on the field. So that's pretty cool. You can come watch. It doesn't cost anything. But if you want to get up close and personal, um, we offer the glow encounter where you can sort of walk around through the balloons. Oh, that's cool. Get a special souvenir. So I've actually done that. It's so amazing. Yeah. You think they look uh, you think they look cool from sort of the outside the ropes uh, and lots. I mean, thousands of people come to take photos and, and video and all of that. I would imagine it's just an even greater sight in amongst the balloons. It's just, yeah, it's just something that's hard to describe. You just have to kind of experience it. So tickets are available uh, for that, right? There's just a limited number of those. Yeah, the Glow Encounter. Yeah, so if they go on our website, they can, um, there's a a link to the Glow Encounter where they can purchase their tickets and and make sure it's like, I think you get like a four pack or yeah, I think it's like 50 bucks for a four pack, but you also get like a souvenir and parking and all that stuff, too. Yeah. So it's worth it to get up close and personal. Absolutely. Uh, what are uh, what are some of the other uh, things that are uh, going on highlights that you want to uh, make sure that we get out there? Sure. So we have um, a craft fair, a vendor craft fair that's going on Friday and Saturday. We'll have fireworks. Of course, that's all this is weather permitting, of course, with the balloon rides and the fireworks. There's helicopter rides. There'll be a canine demonstration with the sheriff's department and the police department. Um, let's see what else. There's so much going on. I don't want to forget anything. Yeah. Um, you can take tethered balloon rides. Did I say helicopter rides already? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Um, we have, we'll have a little photo area this year where you can do like we'll have like an instagram frame and lighted letters and so that's just something fun you can take a picture with like the balloon basket in the back or hop in the basket and get that done so um lots of food lots of fun and again admission is free yeah we don't we don't charge any we don't charge admission to the event yeah so you might i mean you might have to we do have like uh we have handicap parking available and we do have um some free parking down there but i mean you might have to walk a little bit as parking gets full or sure. come early and stay well, late. You have uh, you have that number of people who are going to be there. And, uh, you yeah. know, that, that's that's always the, the challenge. But that's with any uh, big gathering. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. You know, so we just uh, ask everybody to cross their fingers and toes that the weather is in the Goldilocks zone. Yeah. So we can make this so, happen. It, it, yeah, because there are uh, certain weather conditions. I mean, the, the weather conditions have to be very specific yes. in order for the balloons to launch yes and so and, yeah i mean it may look good to you mm-hmm. but to a pilot it's they're not gonna risk yeah it it's so much dependent on on the winds they just have to be just yeah. right in the right direction and you yes. know all of that yes. so not just yes. on the ground but in the Correct. upper atmosphere obviously yeah. so yeah. uh but it is uh, really cool to uh, watch the the launches when they happen and you see them floating all over town and it's i've heard so many people are like oh yeah we love it the balloons fly over our house so yeah, yeah. it's just there's just something about seeing i that. tell the story and this happened uh, a few years ago at balloon fest uh you know we're sitting out on our front porch and uh the balloons go floating by because uh, we're up in the uh, Hillcrest areas where we live, and they, and they went you know right over the golf course, and everybody in the neighborhood came out of their house and started <laughs> following along. Oh. <laughs> we, we, everybody, they were, they're going to land. They're going to land. And so it was like the whole crowd, the whole neighborhood was following the balloon. The neighborhood it's, chase crew. It was. That's funny. It was just the the closer the balloons got to the ground, the bigger the crowd got to see them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that uh, as well. So this yep. is actually... You know, we talk about how many thousands of people show up at Emory Adams Park, which is, by the way, where everything is. Yes. Um, but this becomes a neighborhood event sometimes. Oh, too. It's, you see, you see your neighbors you don't see in a while. Yeah. We do. I do have one plea, if I could ask. Um, we are in need for volunteers still this year. Sure. Um, we definitely need people to help crew crew the balloons so help get them ready and then help them put them back when they're done so that's on our website but um, we would like to have some people some more people volunteer for that so that's a need that we still have so, so still opportunities to oh, yeah, uh, help absolutely. out i mean there's there's shifts you don't have to be there the whole time just and again, get your family pick a shift and your family can crew a balloon talk about 
creating some memories. Yes, uh, that is a yes. great way of uh, of doing that with the with the whole family. And yep, absolutely. again, more details on that, the full schedule uh, up at your uh, website, and we've got it linked up at uh, GoodMornings.net. So check it out again. The twentieth. Uh, Flag City Balloon Fest in its 21st year in yes. 2021, yeah. and it's all happening at Emory Adams Park, and everything gets underway. What are the What are the hours? I mean, when so is the first Friday? Um, there'll be like some media flights Friday morning, but at three o'clock is when things actually okay. open at Emory Adams. Three, three o'clock on Friday, on Friday yeah. right on through, and then uh, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, uh, you know, you can come for yoga at six a.m. But really, um, you know, things kind of start about you know 10, 11 a.m. Okay. All right. Kids so, Zone opens at 10. So. All right. There you go. Uh, again, check our website for the uh, full schedule. Kelly Bibbler with the uh, Flag City Balloon Fest back again for 2021. Thanks for dropping by. We Thanks. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. A reminder that you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media. Contact us directly via email if there's something you want to share. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net for all of that. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.